We're going to start a series today uh, looking at meals that Jesus had with people because the magic often happens when we have meals together. Um, And if you read through the Gospels, Jesus was often eating with people. He was often just there having meals and it offended lots of people with who he was eating with. But but also this, like the first miracle Jesus ever did was at a meal. Like Jesus encountered people at meals constantly. It says this in Hebrews 1 verse 3, it says, Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus said in John 14, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so we're reading through and reflecting on these stories about Jesus because it tells us the character of God. And it compares it with our own character sometimes. So we're going to come out of Matthew 9, 12 to 13. It's one of my favourite stories or chapters in Scripture. I think I say that every time I preach. But this one is, because I think it reflects the whole Gospel. So Matthew 9, and I'm coming in the NLT if I can read it. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as a dinner guest, along with many tax collectors and other disreputables. Disreputables? Disreputable. I know what it means. I just can't read. Sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. There's a, often when I, uh, when I used to do CAP, I used to encounter people who had been in church, but who had walked away from church. And they'd decided that they didn't want to follow Jesus anymore. And often what, one, of, one of the things they said, in fact, I had this conversation a couple of months ago with one of them. They said, I don't want to go to church because it's full of hypocrites. It's full of people who fall short. They say one thing and act another way. And my response is always to go to these verses. It's always to go to these verses because it says, actually, we are here not because we know we're strong, not because we know we're powerful, not because we know we're amazing. We're here because we know we're weak. We know we're sinners. We know we've fallen. We know we've failed. And we know that we need a savior. We need a doctor. It's the sick that need a doctor. So actually coming into the church, we should know that actually we need Jesus to be our doctor. And if you think otherwise, if you think that, oh, actually, no, I'm here because I am righteous, because God has revealed himself, then you're wrong. That isn't the message of Christianity, and that is not the message that we want to spread to the world. The message is this, that we were sick and that we came to the doctor. We came to the great physician. We came to meet the one who wanted to transform our lives, who wanted to make us new, who wanted to refresh us, who wanted to change our lives. That's the message of the gospel. It's a beautiful message. The message that Jesus draws close to us, that Jesus wants to be around us. 
Jesus loves to hang out with hypocrites. But it's not an excuse. I don't want to give you that as an excuse to say, therefore, I'll just keep on sinning. Therefore, I'll keep on living this way. Therefore, I'll keep on doing this. Because that is not what the message of Christianity is either. You don't go to a doctor and you think, oh, I'm going to go to the doctor, but I'm just going to ignore what he says. Well, some people might do that. I, I might know better than that doctor. But we go to a doctor to get solutions and answers and resolutions. We go and we listen and we say, okay, the doctors said I should do this, therefore I should probably do that because they know. And that's why we go. We go to a doctor. So a doctor helps to transform our lives. And that is what Jesus is saying here, actually. I am the great physician. I am the doctor. I know the answers. I know the resolutions. Come to me and you can be healed and restored. You can be transformed. You can have your life made new. You can be with me. I think this is one of the, the most amazing things about this chapter. There's the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees are the, the most uh, law-abiding and law... Kind of, they're the rulers who, or the Jewish rulers who would have told people how they had to act and how they had to be. They were the religious folk. They were the, the people that knew all the answers. They were the people that you'd go to and they'd be rabbis. And yet they came to Jesus and they were like, what are you doing, Jesus? What are you doing? What are you doing hanging out with all of these people? What are you doing? You know that you're going to get unclean by hanging out with these people, don't you, rabbi? Don't you, teacher? But Jesus knew better. Jesus knew that actually he had to be around those who were unclean. That's why he came. I read the verse at the beginning which said that, that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. The, the, the Pharisees show us that the Father is far away. The Pharisees show us that God is holy and other and not welcoming. The Father shows us that God doesn't want to come close. The Pharisees show that, so not the Father. My mistake. The Pharisees, the message of their gospel is this. That you have to be righteous, you have to be good, you have to be strong, you have to be powerful. That is the message that the Pharisees and the, the people of the law would have given you. And so Jesus coming in shows us something different about God. Shows us the character and the nature of God. God wants you to be in his presence. In Hebrews it talks about uh, boldly approaching the throne of God because of the work Christ has complete on the cross. We can boldly approach Jesus. We can go into his company. We can have fellowship with him. We can dwell with him. We can, we can spend time with this doctor. We can hang out with him. We can enjoy him. And that is God. That is who God is. God is the one who wants us to hang out with him, who wants us to get to know him, who wants us to eat with him and dine with him and enjoy his presence. Get to know who he is in that way. That is who God is. God is a father who adopts us. I think that's one of the most incredible images in scripture and something I'm trying to dig into more. What does it mean that God is my father? What does it mean that I'm adopted into his family? What's it mean? What's it mean that, that I can relax in his presence, even when I know that I've done wrong? 
Even when I know that I've failed, even when I know that, that I'm, I'm weak at this moment, even when I know I'm not as strong as I was 10 years ago, or you know, even when I'm struggling, even when I'm anxious, even when I'm worried, even when the weight of the world is overwhelming me, I know that I can go into my Father's presence. I know that despite this feeling distance, I can draw near to the one who wants to draw near to me. He wants to share the burden. He wants to share the weight with us. That's the message of the gospel. That's the adoption that we get when we come to the Father. God is a good Father. I don't know about you, but mealtimes at our house are quite fun. We have quite a lot of fun. We have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. The seven-year-old is a perfect eater. The three-year-old is Joshua. <laughs> But they're often lots of fun and lots of laughter and you have lots of fun and you joke around and you but they're oftentimes when actually the questions come out and so you start talking and and joshua will ask this question why can't i see god why can't i do this well you know and actually that's where the the connection happens around a meal table is where where family becomes family around a meal table I think it's the, the most fun when, you, when then Naomi pops in with a little answer to Joshua's question or Zoe has the, you know, and we're just sitting around a table and we're enjoying each other and, and we're getting to know God around the table. There's significance about meals, isn't there? There's, there's a, a real call on us actually to be hospitable and invite other people into those family moments. One thing that, that we do is, as the Western culture is we have our own castles and we can go away and we can shut our doors and we can have our own safety and security in our own lovely house where we don't have to encounter the world anymore. But actually I think there's a bigger call to invite people across the threshold. People from the church. How are you building family with one another? How are you inviting people into these moments, even if they're a bit messy? Anyone who's been to my house at dinner time knows it's a bit messy. But you're welcome in. I want you to be part of the family. Come and be part of the family. It doesn't, I'm not trying to keep up appearances. We have to be ourselves and invite people into that because that's where people see true life. And actually, Duncan and Jill do this fantastically well, model this amazingly well. Constantly just having people through the door, through the threshold, whether it be you lot or neighbours or people or friends or family. And we need to be doing that. So my question to you is, when did you have someone across the threshold who didn't know Jesus last? When did you have someone who lives next door to you across the threshold of your door? And I think it is important that we talk about the threshold of the door, because actually I know that I've lived in, like I live in a block of flats and there's four of us in the flats and we get on really well in the garden. But I know things changed when we invite them into the house, which is really bizarre really, isn't it? Because we, we know each other, we get on, we see each other, but actually inviting someone into the threshold Across the threshold of the house, into your, it's an invitation into your private space. And there's such fruitful times when you do that. Relationships that are built which can create opportunity for Jesus to come. But more than that, we don't have to be just the people who give hospitality. Actually, we're called to receive hospitality as well. 
We don't have to be the strong ones inviting people in. When Jesus sent out the 72, what did he say? In fact, when he sent out the 12 as well. He said, go into towns, don't take any money, don't take your belt, don't take your clothes, don't take... Well, wear clothes. <laughs> Not that kind of movement. But he said, receive the hospitality that others offer to you. Go into their homes and receive the hospitality. Stay in the houses with people. Get to know them. There's something important about crossing other people's special, not without their permission, but being invited into someone else's home and actually going around and encountering their family life and getting to know them in that way. I used to love it. When I did CAP, you go into people's houses all the time. I used to be so nosy. But you get to know people in amazing ways. You get to know a bit more about them as you look at their bookshelf or their family photos. And you get to ask a little bit about them and you become family with people. And that is often where the magic conversations happen. When you're in people's homes or when people's homes are in you. Or you're in their home, they're in your home. That is often where Jesus encounters people. around the meal table while we're eating. There's a problem in our culture. You might have noticed. That actually, to have a meal with someone might mean that I agree with everything that they have to say. And actually, if I don't agree with them, I shouldn't be around the meal table with them. That's what our culture teaches. Actually, if I hang out with him, that means I must agree with everything they think and say and act. I remember when I used to work at Barnet Homes, and I am quite a friendly person, and I chat to anyone, and, and I build friendship with anyone. But one day I was in the canteen, or the, the food room, with someone who, um, basically, we'd become friends, and he said to me, you know, I thought you were a Christian. And yet, you're a really good friend of that guy whose sexuality doesn't agree with your opinion. Now, my only response, and this isn't the kindest way to respond, so don't say this, is, well, me and you talk, don't we? <laughs> like, we're friends, aren't we? Are you not living with your girlfriend? Are you not living in a way that I disagree? Do we not have differing opinions on, on this? And he's, oh, yeah. But you have to build relationships with people who you disagree with. Because that's where the magic happens. That's where Jesus encounters people. We can't expect everyone to completely agree with our positions and feelings and thoughts. And if they don't, therefore, we're not friends anymore. Actually, you can't come into my house anymore. Actually, I can't come into your house anymore. Actually, we can't build a relationship anymore. If you do that, you will never see the world come to know Jesus. If we do that, if we put the boundaries so far then the darkness will win. But we know the truth that the darkness never wins. Never, ever, ever wins. We're called to be like Jesus. To be like him. And what did he do? He offended the religious folk to eat with the sinners and the tax collectors. The people who are disreputable in the community. Jesus sat with them, ate with them, and again, it doesn't mean he, said, he agreed with all their positions. But I tell you what, people came to know him in the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. People came to, to love him, not just know him, but love him and know that they were loved by him.
That is a message that the world needs right now. That is a message that our society needs right now. So my provocation to each one of us, it's summer. Summer is a time where people feel more social. It is. You know, it's a bit more relaxed. should be anyway. Invite someone that you've never had. Knock on your neighbor's door this afternoon and say, oh, why don't you come around for a drink? Or why don't you come around for, for some afternoon tea or something? Knock on someone's house. Get to know them. Think about someone that you've not connected with for a while. Think about maybe someone that you've had a disagreement with and fallen out with. Could you have a meal with them? Could you continue that friendship? Could you break that barrier that's been put in place over a meal? Could forgiveness flow through a meal? We should be a people who spread the grace of Jesus throughout this world. I've been listening to a guy called Keith Green recently. Anyone else listen to Keith Green? Yeah, yeah of a certain generation they do, yeah. <laughs> Please. Keith Green died in a plane crash when he was 29, I think it was 29. I read his autobiography and then listened to his, some of his music. Um, and you have to be pretty brave to listen to his music because he had a real burden for the lost. And all through the music was this. There's a song called Asleep in the Light. And I, Manuela emailed me when it was our last service and I was going to say to Manuela, oh, could we sing that song? <laughs> but the lyrics of this song... They basically go that Jesus rose from the dead and you can't even get out of bed. <laughs> it's challenging and provoking because actually there's this kind of we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. How are we being the light of the world? How are we doing it? How are we spreading the light of Jesus? And I think I want us to have that burden for our neighbours. I want us to carry that same burden. I want us to carry that kind of burden. And it's not, it can be a weighty burden. I just, I want to say that it can feel like a weight. So you can feel like, how do I do this? How do I, how do I reach these people who are completely lost? How do, I, how do I get to them when they've rejected Christianity, when they've been rejected by Christians, when they've, when they've not had a safe space to learn about Jesus, where they've not been welcomed? How do I spread your word? And it is a burden that I carry, and it's a burden that I hope you will carry, because we need to see this world come to know Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. We want him to be praised and worshipped. We are his hands and feet. I want to pray for us. Was that short? That was a short sermon, but it's okay. I want to pray. But I want to pray that we get burdened for our neighbours. I want to pray that God gives us that burden. And that we're awake to it, alive to it, that we hear his voice to direct us. So if you don't want that, maybe just shut your ears off for a minute. Jesus, I thank you that you were the one that drew close to us. I thank you that that is the gospel. Lord God, that while we were lost... In our sin, while we, were, while we were not 
going after you, Lord Jesus. You came close to us, Lord Jesus. You stepped out of heaven and you came down to earth because you loved us so much, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for every person in this room, Lord God, that you've introduced yourself to, Lord, that you've opened the eyes of, Lord. I thank you for, for each person who's been adopted into your family in this place, Lord. And I pray now, Lord Jesus, that you would draw them closer to you, Lord. I pray for the love of the Father to overflow in their hearts right now, Lord. Come in this place. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, in your mighty power, Lord. I pray that your love would flow into everyone's heart right now, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Mighty God. Kurmanana, surmanana. Surmananana, kia kurmana. Come, Father. Come, Father. Kurmananana. I pray for every person in here who feels shame, or feels anxious, or feels lost, or feels far from you, Lord. I ask you to draw near, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you say in your word that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us, Lord. And these people have drawn near to you today by coming to church, Lord Jesus, by stepping out, Lord God. They've drawn near to you. They've chosen you over other things. So I pray and ask you for that promise to be fulfilled, that you would draw near to them, Father. I thank you that you're the doctor, Lord God, that you're, you're the one that heals and restores and transforms our lives, Lord Jesus. And I pray now, Lord God, that you would be working in people's lives, Lord God. You'd be setting them free. Come, King Jesus. Kurmanana, surmanana. Mm. Come, King Jesus. And Lord, now I just, I ask you, Lord God, to burden us. I ask you, Father, to burden us, Lord God, like you were burdened, Lord God. We want to carry that burden with you, Lord Jesus, for the lost around us, Lord Jesus, for those who don't know you, Lord Jesus, for those, Lord God, who, who need a touch from the Father. Lord Jesus, I pray now, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to bring people to mind, Lord God, to each one of us across this room. I thank you that each one of us have networks of people that we know Lord Jesus, who don't know you yet, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you have heavenly strategies, Lord God, that will reach into people's lives, Lord. And I, I just pray now, Lord God, that you would be revealing them to us, Lord God. I thank you that you're the God of revelation. And I pray now for revelation of how to reach the lost in this place, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Mm, come, Lord. And Lord, I, I pray that you'd bring people to mind who we should have dinner with this, this week, next week, this summer. Come, Lord. Jesus, we want to be like you. So I pray that you would give us a boldness, give us a courage, give us a tenacity to go after your kingdom, Lord Jesus. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in us. Yes. For the sake of this world, Lord Jesus, burn like a fire in us, Lord. In your name, King Jesus. Amen.
ہوں میں